Welcome to Hearts and Minds. This is Maura Cassidy. Some months back, one of our listeners requested that we cover a specific topic, mind, body and soul on our next podcast series. So with over 18 months of the pandemic under our belt, we are more convinced, no doubt, of the connection between healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy soul. Today, my guest is Dr. Norella Broderick, who many of you are very familiar with. You're very welcome, Norella. Thank you, Maura. Great to be here. Delighted. So this topic overlaps with a topic that you, Norella, have a personal and professional interest in. Um, you've been exploring the link between mental health, specifically religion, and spirituality for some time now. That's right, yeah. So I suppose, I, as you know, I work in psychiatry and um, have been interested for some time in the links between religion and spirituality on the one hand and mental health in, on the other hand and how how religion impacts on mental health. Is it helpful? Is it is it not helpful? And so on. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm going to fulfill the requirements of your listener, uh, your <laughs> listener's request. I don't know if it's going to, if I'm going to be talking about um, exactly what they want want the mind, the body and the soul, but certainly certainly the mind, mental health and the soul, I suppose, spirituality and religion um, are certainly something that I've been exploring and have found, found very interesting. Okay, fascinating. And what is the impact from the research you've done, uh, Norella, and studies you've done on, on, say, religious practice on mental health? So, yeah, so I suppose, yeah, it's, it's religion, religious practice, um, mostly that I've been focusing on and their impact on mental health and looking at that. So I've, I've been looking at, let's say, the different, um, this is exploring the, the, the literature on it, um, say depression and anxiety, you know, common mental health conditions. Religious practice and religious belief seem to help to stave off depression. Okay. They seem to, so there seems to be lower rates of depression among believers. Um, and, and also then let's say if people do become depressed, um, their religious, religious practice and religious belief seem to help them to come out of it, to recover from it. Um, the same is true with illnesses like schizophrenia and things like that, that, um, their, their sort of religious practice can help people to cope with the difficult experiences that they're having when they have, you know, mental health struggles like that. So that's great. That's really helpful. Um, then anxiety disorders are an interesting one. So anxiety, so, so religious practice can certainly help, uh, people manage their anxiety. But in some instances, studies have found higher rates of anxiety among believers than among non-believers, mm, which is interesting. interesting yeah. yeah. So for example, that would have happened, you'd find that religious believers were more anxious in countries where um, the culture really doesn't support religious practice mm -hmm. or is, is actively hostile to it. So for example, we're thinking of, say, the likes of China, which would be quite hostile to religious practice. Um, and then to so, so to the greatest extent, then to a slightly lesser extent, maybe Western Europe is a bit hostile at times to religious practice, you know, and then maybe to, to the least extent, somewhere like the States where, you know, religion was always a big part of the public sphere, let's say, and, and mm -hmm. there are a lot of different kind of, um, there's a lot of interest in religious practice, let's say. So, so anxiety, so, 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 you know, believers can have high anxiety when the culture doesn't support it. It's not, the studies don't tell us why that is, but I suppose we can imagine that it, it might be more difficult to practice your religion um, in, a, in a culturally hostile place, I guess. Um, but the other thing is um, that in, in, in areas of high kind of conflict um, and difficulty, people who are, um, 
people who are very religious, it can be a marker that they're kind of struggling more and they're kind of holding on to their religion because they they're, they're, they want to they want it to help them to cope with the really mm-hmm. difficult situation they found themselves in. So yeah, so the literature is 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 kind of really interesting on all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I found the anxiety one particularly mm-hmm. interesting because it's kind of a mixed picture. Mm-hmm. And very interesting you say there that obviously religious tolerance is higher in the States than mm, it is in Europe. I think so, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that seems to be the way it looks. Um, uh, kind of culturally, That's that, that might be, you know, we might identify that. But certainly the literature would seem to say that people feel they, you know, it's maybe have, there's less anxiety associated mm-hmm. with religious practice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may have come across, I just briefly saw it, um, recent research done from the DCU Anti-Bullying Centre um, that would seem to suggest that practicing Catholic students are being targeted for bullying. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in the Irish context. Mm-hmm. Um, it would seem to be on a broader spectrum. Okay. And I think that's that's would seem to, you know, certainly support what you're saying is obviously that's they're obviously that's a group that's more vulnerable now. Because so maybe really our societies are more secularized or... Sure, yeah. So I haven't come across that, but that sounds really interesting. And certainly that would, um, you know, be one factor that would explain something like higher anxiety among, among you know, religious people. If if they're more targeted in a society, that would certainly make them more anxious, wouldn't it? So that would that would make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and what, what if somebody is finding, you know, that faith isn't helping their mental health? So that's really interesting, yeah. So that might be a bit like the anxious people who are... Who are really, or you know, the the religious people who are more anxious and so on. Um, um, that that's really an interesting one. So sometimes, like sometimes, we need both. You know, we we need to seek help for our mental health, and um, you know, not not think we're going to rely wholly on on religious faith. Sometimes we need input from both sides. Um, but I suppose one thing that I found interesting when I was reading up on this uh, on this topic, let's say um, that. Uh, those people who are more maybe secure in their faith are more likely to find it, um, you know, easier to rely on, more more helpful to, you know, more helpful when they're in difficulty, like mm-hmm. including mental health difficulties, right? And those who are less secure in their faith are more likely to become more anxious, if that makes mm, sense. Okay. You know, so they're not able to rely on it and maybe they're getting more worried about... Um, you know, superficial things that uh, if someone were more secure in their faith, that you know, that they would be able to manage better. I'm not sure if that's making Mm. any sense now. No, no, it does. Um, But so, so like in terms of somebody being secure in their faith, like that will be a matter of, I suppose, understanding their faith and, you know, practicing practicing their faith. Um, But also it it is to do with how they, so this is particularly in the context of like, you know, faiths that believe in, in a personal God. So, you know, like Christianity and uh, Judaism and um, Islam and so on. So let's say how the person relates to God uh, is often, um, it's often kind of mirrors how they would have learned to relate to other people growing up. So mm-hmm. when they were very young, how they related to their parents, their caregivers, and and then as they grew older to other people. So those people who grew up to be quite insecure with people are more likely to be insecure with God in their relationship mm-hmm. with God. And I suppose that is one particular instance. Um, that's not uncommon, you know, in, in among people to be insecure in that way. That is one particular instance where they may struggle more mm-hmm. uh, in their faith and it, it may be less, as it were, kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They may find it's less kind of helpful because they're insecure in that relationship as well. And that is something that I think people, you know, may be able to reach out and seek mm-hmm. help 
for, mm-hmm. both from a psychological point of view, but maybe from a spiritual advisor as well, somebody that they trust, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of how do they go about mm-hmm. managing that? Like you, we often come across that in terms of people relating to God as a father and mm-hmm. maybe their father figure growing up mm-hmm. wasn't the father. Absolutely, you yeah. Would That's idolize, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then it's much more difficult to almost feel secure in your faith, mm-hmm. to rely on your faith, mm-hmm. you know, and so on. So that's exactly it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, interesting, as you say there, that you, you, you'd you encourage people to dig into their faith more um, to help them. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that that is helpful um, if they understand it better. Um, and they're like, I think what's what's important is that people are, are in, in the spiritual realm that they are, they're constantly engaged with it, mm-hmm. um, that they're constantly kind of seeking and exploring, you know, so that, that goes for religious believers, but uh, as well as non-believers, do you know what I mean? So just because you don't believe in a particular religion or you feel it's not for you, that doesn't mean that you need to you know, close the door to everything in the in the kind of spiritual realm. And I think what's really important is that people are constantly kind of authentically seeking, mm-hmm. you know, seeking the truth and what, you know, what is what is true, what 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 is the meaning, you know, in things, mm-hmm. what is important in my life. Um, and to be constantly authentically seeking, I think mm-hmm. that's really important for people. So, for example, for, you know, people who are religious, I think that will be exploring their, fo- their faith more deeply and mm-hmm. understanding it. And that that's, I think that is going to help them to, mm-hmm. to be able to rely on it more. Mm-hmm. I, years ago, I read um, a biography of um, Malcolm Muggeridge, mm-hmm. who's a well-known Guardian um, reporter, and mm-hmm. he talked about his like he was an older man at this stage, like not elderly, but certainly mature man. And mm-hmm. his 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 moment of you might say that sort of encounter was his encounter with Mother Teresa. Oh wow! Okay. And he described how he'd never seen faith. You might say embraced and lived in such an authentic way mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for him that sort of resonated so much they just wanted it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that's actually really nice mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's that those kind of things it's the people in your people life you meet, for yeah, sure exactly. for sure who will influence like, you during COVID I don't know about you maybe from where you're sitting you've heard a lot more about this but I certainly hear younger people talking about oh my granny this or mm-hmm. my granny's you know lighting a candle or my granny you know their faith often comes because their relationship else with their somebody life. else mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah exactly. for sure um what is the difference you've mentioned you know here and there Norella, just spirituality religion what is the difference between spirituality and religion mm-hmm. so that's a really interesting question um I guess spirituality historically was always, you know, just part of religion. You know, you'd have religious practice and then you have your, the kind of spiritual side of it, maybe more prayer and, you know, mystical kind of side of things. Um, But then I guess in maybe around the 1960s and so on, um, with the more kind of new age movement and different kind of influences, the concept of spirituality kind of became broader and and you know, coming on from then as, as time has gone on and as maybe organized religion that people are less um, less involved in, let's say in Western Europe anyway, a bit less involved with um, with organized religion. This concept of spirituality has really taken off uh, on its own. And now, you know, people would sometimes describe themselves as spiritual, but not religious, which wouldn't have been conceivable in the past. You know, it was always just part of religion. And now, you know, often spirituality can mean anything from a deeply religious experience or, you know, idea to um, to a much more, um, you know, internal kind of uh, idea of, of you know, the meaning that you're almost creating yourself, let's say. And that's a huge spectrum of things, you know, because historically, I suppose, um, religion and spirituality would have been kind of more outward directed, you know, particularly in religions that believe in a God, let's say, um, 
in a in a in a, in a personal god let's say that, you know usually usually religion and spirituality are directed outwards and um that that sort of very broad um definition of spirituality can you know maybe has become in some instances so broad that it's like much it's it's almost like a a merging with the idea of kind of a psychological wellness and mm. you know feeling kind of well in yourself and so on and kind of well-being and, and that kind of stuff um so I suppose there is there is maybe a danger in that that it's it's just it's reduced to that mm. and that's not necessarily the most helpful for us I think mm. um in in my opinion but um I think that that kind of slightly older uh, concept mm. of of uh, a seeking beyond ourselves is maybe is maybe kind of better for us but mm. that's more my my opinion than you know anything mm. I, I've read and researched mm. um, um, and I do think there's a risk in that modern sense of of kind of personalized kind of well-being that that's maybe it doesn't bring us beyond ourselves I, you mm. know I think something that brings us out of ourselves is is going to be more helpful for us and that's why I say people should continue kind of seeking and mm. always engaging with the spiritual because um that that reducing it to personal kind of well-being is is not is not necessarily what I what I mean by engaging with the spiritual mm. and constantly seeking in that kind of authentic you know searching or whatever mm. so yeah I'm okay. not sure if that answers your question. No, I think no, I've wandered absolutely. off topic. <laughs> no, and I suppose it's, it's almost like a cul-de-sac, you know, yeah. spirituality can become a bit of a cul-de-sac. That's an interesting way of putting it, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, if, if it doesn't bring you out of yourself, yeah, that that's mm. a, an interesting way, yeah. I suppose I was, on a, I suppose on a, on a, on a religious, uh, you know, sense, I mm-hmm. was reading something Pope Benedict wrote mm-hmm. on that whole topic of prayer. Mm-hmm. And he was making the comment, he was con- contrasting, say, the Jews who, with the golden calf. Mm-hmm. You know, the minute mm-hmm. Moses goes up the mountain, they seem to have this mm-hmm. golden calf. Mm-hmm. And his whole reflection on that was simply, when we look for idols, we look for this sort of self-referential God that does what we want when mm-hmm. we want, gives mm-hmm. us the harvest. We can touch it, we can feel it, we can feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sounds As handy. It sounds really useful. Exactly. <laughs> and then whereas Moses and the God of the Jewish tradition, God is, is obviously a God who... It's a relationship, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there isn't really any. It's 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 sort of it goes where that relationship goes, and of course that's uncomfortable because sure. love has its own giving into and receiving sure. and taking, and of course we all like to control things a bit, maybe sure, and maybe our society is a lot more to do with that controlling as opposed to experiencing. I don't. That's know. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I was going to say something now when you were when you were speaking there that struck me. Um, when you're talking about Moses and the the golden calf, but it's gone out of my head. Sorry, okay, well, <laughs> sorry, more. Might come back later. Yeah, but anyway. Very interesting, very yeah, interesting. for sure. Um, if you're, you know, just going back to that note of, you know, sort of that religious, um, you might say monotheistic religions mm-hmm. or religion that takes us out of ourself, mm-hmm. is people often comment on certain practices that are very helpful. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular practice you've noticed in the literature that you've commented in that regard? So, yeah, I mean, it depends, obviously. So the most of the, the work has been done in looking at the... Um, monotheistic religions as you say so Christianity um, Islam Judaism um, and then Buddhism will be the other big kind of category that has been researched okay so people have taken a lot of Buddhist practices you might I'm sure you've you know seen this in everywhere <laughs> mindfulness you know discussion of mindfulness and it's used a lot in mental health you know mindfulness practice but obviously that comes from Buddhist practices and so you know, what has been found really beneficial from that has been um, an increasing focus, increasing concentration, increasing awareness of your surroundings and your um, what's going on. And that helps to 
calm the mind down and calm the emotions down and, you know, help the person to kind of manage themselves a little bit better. That's a really reductionist view of or explanation of of Buddhist kind of practices. You know, I'm completely aware of that. But that is the benefit, let's say, that has been distilled down (laughs) for kind of mental health um, matters. Um, And then in terms of the monotheistic religions, the work that has been done on those that I've been reading about is is more the the sort of power of prayer, Um, not necessarily just the the impact on the mind, as it were, which is probably what the research with the Buddhist um, practices has been. The the research on prayer would be things like how people cope with um, different kinds of sort of health problems, for example, a lot of the research has been done on. So like, how does somebody manage getting through maybe cancer, you know, um, the treatment for that or pain, like a lot of kind of chronic pain or post-operative pain or, so it's like the, 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 um, Prayer definitely seems to help people to manage those really difficult situations um, and to kind of cope with, with, you know, great suffering in that way. Um, and that's across all those religions, do you know, um, that it, it seems to help. And different types of prayer, it's not something specific. So I said that's really encouraging for people. Um, and, you know, these, these are kind of decent scientific studies. It's not... Um, that, you know, so the, the outcomes are, are fairly robust. So that's, that's all quite reassuring, you know, from, for people that, um, I suppose prayer does seem to help, uh, does seem to help Mm. with, um, different difficulties, um, which is not to to say that, you know, people are demanding Mm. (laughs) help from God in the way that we were talking about earlier. Um, but I suppose it's, it shows that we're, you know, where people are able to enter into that trusting relationship, that it actually helps them to cope better with the suffering that, that, Mm. you know, that they're experiencing. I mm-hmm. suppose that's mm-hmm. probably the way I would understand it. And it's interesting how you put it, Noelle, because oftentimes people might say, well, prayer is just a sort of a panacea. It just, you know, it takes you away from your world, whereas you'd seem to be suggesting that it's actually helping you confront your reality Yeah, in absolutely. A very real I would way. say the opposite. Yeah, exactly. So if people are kind of leaning in <laughs> to, to, you know, their prayer, uh, that helps them to lean in to, to their life, you know, in mm-hmm. the kind of uh, term of the moment, you know. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the opposite. I don't think it's an escape. I mean, yeah. of course, like anything that there's a risk of that, you know, for sure that if somebody's not in deeply engaging with care, uh, their prayer, their religion, their faith, their spirituality, um, they can, you know, um, but then they're, they're not going to find that it's helping them. Do you know what okay, I mean? That's what we okay. went back to earlier. That's what we're, mm. we're talking about earlier. Um, if somebody's not able to engage with it deeply and then it's not working, well, maybe, you know, you know, they're not really doing it right anyway. Well, they're not. Well, maybe they're not engaging with it, or mm. maybe they're not able to engage with it for the moment. And mm. why is that? Do you know okay. what I mean? Is it, for example, as I was saying earlier, that it's not that they, you know, maybe are having they. Maybe it's it's something that they've always found difficult to mm-hmm. maybe trust people and you know mm-hmm. to to be secure in relationships mm-hmm. and so on. Um, you know, so so maybe they they need the help from both sides. Do they need mm-hmm. help with, with with sort of mental health issues and and then maybe spiritual guidance and things like that as well. So mm-hmm. very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. For a non-believer, what would you recommend? So I guess like what I was saying, what I was saying before, I think what's super important is, you know, just because somebody doesn't believe in particular religious beliefs or or they don't want to take part in a particular you know, religious faith, let's say, be a member of a particular church and so on. That doesn't mean that they need to close the door on the whole spiritual side of themselves. Like we all have a spiritual side of ourselves for sure. And I suppose what, like I was saying earlier, what's really important is that people are authentically engaging with that side of themselves, continuing, you know, authentically Mm. kind of searching and seeking and, um, 
um, yeah, I suppose continuing to journey because the journey, everyone's kind of spiritual journey is going to be their own. Do you know what I mean? And, and once they're continuing to engage with that, I think that's super important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then for the believer, what were the takeaways you'd suggest? For the believer, I suppose um, at the risk of kind of repeating myself, but if they do find that they're struggling in their faith, um, it may be that it's important to remember that we can struggle in our faith for for a number of different reasons. Do you know, it might not be, um, you know, I, I suppose I'd be concerned that somebody would be at risk of losing their faith because they're struggling in their faith. And it may be simply that they they need um, input or support in a mental health kind of way as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, that is something I'd probably stress to to seek out help on on both fronts mm-hmm. um, and don't give up on your faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, super. Is there any question unasked that you would like to answer? So I suppose the only thing that comes to mind is um, with all of that, am I saying that people should believe or should be religious after saying, you know, how beneficial it is in many different ways and so on. That's not really what I'm saying at all. Um, you know, I think, as I said, uh, for the, you know, the question about what what should, what would I like to say to non-believers, um, what I think is really important is that people are continuing to engage with the spiritual side of themselves. And that's, that's not going to be an authentic engagement if someone simply says, oh, I should be religious because it's good for me. You know what I mean? Mm. Or because I'm telling them that they, you know, religion can be helpful. That's not that's not gonna that's not really going to 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 necessarily be helpful, but but to continue to engage with those questions of the, the ultimate questions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the spiritual side of ourselves and to nourish that, that's super important. Because mm-hmm. we are at different stages on our journey. Absolutely, yeah. And exactly. sometimes some things are completely unclear to us, and other moments there's just like a moment of wow, how come I never saw this? So not to sort of sort of not allow yourself to take that, you know, to go on that journey. Super. That's great, Noella. Thank you so much for joining us as always. And thank you, our listeners, for listening in. Um, And as always, um, we love any of your feedback. And as you've heard at the very beginning of this podcast, this podcast emerged because one of our listeners asked for it. So do keep asking for topics that you would find helpful, interesting, or just thought-provoking. Many thanks. Thanks.